Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of The Rosé Room. Cashin and I are excited to welcome our special guest today, but before I introduce him, I'm going to let Cashin do the honors because this particular guest happens to be one of Cashin's very dear friends. Hi, everyone. I am so excited. My best friend and soulmate, Marco Lukic, is here, and I really conned him into coming onto this podcast. So thank you so much. It's my pleasure. The pleasure is all yours. It is. Yes. It is. <laughs> okay, so you have to tell everybody how you know Marco before he introduces himself. Oh my gosh. I've. How long has it been since we've known um, each other? 10 years. years. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Marco Ten and I years. didn't go to the same high school, but we did have a lot of mutual friends, but we never hung out in high school. Mm-hmm. And then we happened to work at the same restaurant which Comsa at the Cosmopolitan. Comsa at the Cosmopolitan, I'm, which I miss that place and now it's Beauty of Essex, right? It's yes. Beauty of Essex now. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. And I was a hostess and Marco was a barback, but he would always come try and be a hostess. <laughs> All I wanted to do was hostess. <laughs> Just trying to do the bare minimum. Wait, you were literally always trying to do the bare minimum. And then we ended up getting really close and we've been wild heathens ever since Besties. together. Okay, so fast forward a bunch of years. We won't say how many, um, but Marco, go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm I'm excited because I've gotten to know you over this time, and I love you so much. Thanks so much. Um, well, my name is Marco Lukic. I'm a, a realtor in Los Angeles. <laughs> Extraordinary. <laughs> um, servicing the Beverly Hills area. And okay, you're giving us the fancy edition. I kind of okay. want to know, you. like, come on, tell us you. Who are you? Come on. Oh my god, you're Who sitting on I? our. You're the girl sitting on our couch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel I like hearing me better through other people. Oh, so you want us to? You want yeah. glowing reviews? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. So Marco is one of the funniest people I've ever met. He's so animated, and he wow. is currently working in his dream profession, which mm-hmm. is real estate, obviously, but more importantly, luxury real estate, more which is more importantly important. the most important. Mm-hmm. But I take, but I take everything. Yeah. <laughs> and you actually helped uh, Taylor find yeah. our L.A. house for DuRose when we were looking for a clinic out there. Mm-hmm. So you were amazing at assisting her with that. Um, so funny. The best part of my job is when I get to work with friends. And I mean, that was so much fun. So much. And I can't wait until you're for you. For <laughs> you. <laughs> Not that I didn't love with you carting me around Tarzana for days and days, but uh, it, L.A. was a tough gig for me, which which brings me to my point. You live in Los Angeles, but you're not from there. No. Born and raised in Las Vegas. OK. And you're what are you doing in L.A. and why did you betray us? So <laughs> I knew I knew since I was 12 years old that I I belonged in L.A. You know what I mean? Like, that's just where I needed to live. I didn't care what I did. I mean, I wanted to be a movie star. And be rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I just knew that Los Angeles was where I needed to be. So I got um, college done. Oh, my God. And. Yeah, by a thread. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, should be college, that should be college anthem. Like, college done. Thank God. Yeah. You're really a rugged person at the end I of mean, the four years. It's like hard. After? Weathered. 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 We really weathered the storm. Yeah. Yeah. So I um, quickly left Vegas and packed my bags and went to LA and started, I went to college for marketing and events and then I started in LA doing that. And I started at a really, really nice hotel, Sunset Tower Hotel, and they throw some of the biggest parties. So I really got to experience 
that career in its glory and I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't like serving people things? Me neither. <laughs> wait, wait. I have to jump in because I've known Marco obviously for a very long time. So we've been on a very... It's kind of like Mr. Toad's wild ride with our careers. Mm -hmm. So I've known Marco since he was like literally not trying to work at all. And he, <laughs> he would show up late. <laughs> he would literally show up late and then be the first one or to leave. Or not at all. Or not at all. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I've really seen you grow into this person that has not only found success, but you really did take, you know, quite the windy route yeah. before you got there. Oh, so we're, we're going to get into that a little bit later because I feel like there's a lot of people who have a lot of they move to LA with big dreams mm -hmm. like that is what you go to Los Angeles for like nobody mm -hmm. moves to Vegas for big dreams you know no but I mean you also said it great which I just have to bring this up do you remember when I was living in Corona Del Mar and you were like this is where old people come to die and yeah. Hollywood is where young people go to die I did say that because it so is dark, true it's, it's, it's so dark true. okay and I also have had so many dark times in LA with you like we have been literally passed out so hungover in your car in yeah. Venice Beach yeah so dark. Um, so we dark. used to go to Jelena just for the chocolate pot of creme. Oh no, the God. butterscotch. Oh, it was creme. butterscotch <laughs> pot of creme. Oh. Um, on so many bad dates, there's been a lot of bad apartments. Oh there's been gosh. actually, I don't think this is the first apartment you have or have had there that there's not like a bum on a mattress on the outside window. No, there's one other one. Do you remember when I lived briefly with Emily? <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Only because of her. Yeah. It's it's really wild. Okay, so anyways, you know, we'll have plenty of time to catch up. Yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and dive into some of these questions because I think that millennials and home by home ownership is not synonymous. Very few millennials own homes and they're, you know, I think generations above us make fun of us because we're not buying homes. We're not getting married right away. We're not doing these kinds of investments. And that's obviously a very blanket statement, but I do want to know what your thoughts and feelings are on that because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about the home buying process that I'd love for you to kind of demystify. So really that's what this this whole podcast episode is about to get some information that people may be asking or thinking or a little apprehensive to do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm obviously a renter. and Right. And I mean, it's it, a lot of people are renters and it's a lot of people are scared to buy because they think that they have to have, you know, so much money to put down this and that, whatever it may be. But I mean, there are programs out there or like they're like the FHA loan for instance and very where, familiar with that yeah right, where you don't have to put the standard like 20% down and you know you could put what is it like maybe I think it's, it's 3.4% yeah, yeah. yeah so that's a really great thing because if you think about it when you're renting it's kind of like throwing your money in the trash mm -hmm. a little bit so it's you know whether it's that or if you do, let's say you do get a home, like you buy something and then if you don't want to live in it right away, you put someone else in it. They're paying your mortgage. You know what I mean? Have someone else be a renter for something that you own. Well, I don't think that the concept of renting being a waste of money is unique to anybody, but how do people get to the down payment, right? Like, I think that's kind of what people don't realize, like, oh, what is an FHA loan, right? Mm -hmm. I only know what that is because my boyfriend told me about it. He's done a lot of research into housing. Like, we want to buy a home one day. We actually both want to buy a separate homes so we can rent one out, live together in mm -hmm. one. But 
what is an FHA loan? Cash and I like that you asked about first time home buying because that's actually how I bought my first home. So I'm Cashin's age, about a year younger. How old are you? 30. Okay, so I'm 29 and you're about to be 28, right? Okay, mm-hmm. we're all right. So we're mm-hmm. in the descendant, the crescendo. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's um, okay, first time home buying is the FHA loan. Mm-hmm. So, dep- like when I bought, it was 3.5%, depending on the federal government's like regulation of I their rate. Yeah, so yeah. it's basically the way I look at it is I've purchased a home and I've rented a home. One of the homes I'm currently in is purchased, and one of the homes I spend some of my time in is rented. Okay, so having a split life, like where I have to pay for my home, which is less than rent, because when I moved into the house in Reseda, the down payment was like Mm $10,000. And I'm like thinking to myself, in Las Vegas, my down payment on my home was barely $10,000. So like every time you move, every time you're moving forward or every time you're renting again, not only is it a waste of money, because I think some millennials need that time to kind of learn how to live by themselves before they purchase a home or establish credit, it's just more or less like, you're in a different predicament or a different place because you deal, I feel like, with a lot of prestigious things, right? Like you, like it's a prestigious right. brokerage you work I, for. I do, I do, and I was really lucky to start off like that, and I don't feel like a lot of people do. So what have you learned about that? Because it's the, the advantage point or the vantage point there is a lot different. I think with you working in a prestigious brokerage in Beverly Hills, and you know, you really started seeing the fruits of your labor just recently. Mm-hmm. Like, what was the climb like getting there? Does everybody just get to be a million dollar buyer in Beverly no. Hills? Like, what's no, the vibe? Absolutely not. The vibe is, it's it's a hustle. Like, this, this career is a complete hustle. When you pass that test and you hang, you know, it, it, it's even good to hang your license somewhere. Like, let's say Keller Williams, for instance, that's, you know, on the lower, not to say that it's bad at all because you have people who are selling multi-million dollar homes with that brokerage. But let's just say with that, you know, it's hard to hang your license. And once you do, it's, you don't have, you don't have clients just given to you unless you do have clients, but it's a hustle. You have to go out and find these clients and you have to do cold calls, door knocking, anything to just get your hands on someone who wants to buy or sell real estate. And I was really, really lucky enough. I, you know, met Mia and she was Who's Mia? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so Mia is the the woman that I work under on her on her team. So she we met and I was looking to get into real estate at that point and she was looking for an assistant. So it was it was just like perfect timing. And so we started working together we just hit it off like marco and mia just like the ring it had a ring to it and it was just so good and then i finally got my license and my boyfriend gary actually was the first person to give me my my first clients and they are you know big in oil so cha-ching oh and <laughs> so they're very rich sister yeah. rich. so they're not dealing with fha loans no no you don't want to sell 3.5 no 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 there's no fha loans. i wouldn't either okay and that's interesting too because you're really telling us from the advantage of a um like a realtor like the yeah. people who actually want to be a realtor do you have a house I don't yet. That's amazing. No, I think it's really interesting because of where you live, it's almost impossible. No, of course, of course. So I am, you know, I'm still a renter. And, but you know, that will change within the next couple years. The, for instance, the place that I'm living right now with my boyfriend was the owner's thinking of selling it. And if she does, you better believe that's gonna 
It is the cutest apartment. But also I do want to touch on this really quickly Mm -hmm. because Marco and I had this conversation earlier today about living in full service buildings because that's not something that we have a lot of here in Vegas. I think there's what, one, maybe two or three. I think three is There's like a few. It's like Park Towers, Queens Ridge, super pricey. and then that's yeah. literally million it. Million. I mean, maybe I mean, here's, here's the thing that comes with that. Like, if just to talk, just to touch base on that, when people are looking to buy, the thing that you know, the idea of a condo, it's like, oh, like you know, it's still communal. Like you know, it it's cheaper than a house. This and that. What people don't understand is that there are HOAs. Like yeah. you are not only let's say you're not an all cash buyer. And you're, and I'm just, I'm just saying this number just out of nowhere, but say you're buying a $3 million condo and you do end up having a mortgage. You're not only paying for that mortgage, but you're paying HOA monthly. So it's like, once you do pay off your condo, it's still every single month. Like my HOA in my building is $800 and that's on the like very, I think that's the lowest side of it for a full service in West Hollywood. Which is crazy. They go from, you know, the one right next door to me where a lot of celebrities lived is I think oh it's twenty two hundred a month, and then it goes up to if you want to live at the addition six thousand a month. And I think this is interesting because millennials are kind of looking for a lifestyle type place, mm-hmm. so that's really what stopped us from buying homes is because we like the inclusivity of like apartment buildings, condos, right. full service buildings. So it's interesting that you have to sell homes that you ultimately wouldn't be living in unless you had to hustle, which is like a rare thing, right? To like right. be selling something that you necessarily can't own. Right. Um, so I am interested on what are you doing as a millennial who's had to work for their money who's had to like hustle hard who's had to like earn their career like what are you doing to be able to afford to live in your dream home because like you're really like holding out you know Mm -hmm. that's like the thing you're like i'm not sacrificing my lifestyle to be able to just buy a house so like what are you doing while still living a pretty good life you know what i mean the only way i can put it is as simply as it sounds i'm just working really hard like i just <laughs> Thank it's you. Just, oh not, my gosh, it's, it's not, a missed concept. It's not stopping. It's nothing's not, you can't say nothing's ever good enough, but you just you you have to keep going because you see these people like the, there's a really bad homeless problem in Los Angeles. But very aware. Yeah. Especially and, when you live downtown. Right. And listen, I mean you have to have compassion for some of these people, though a lot of them are mentally ill, etc. But it's just when you see people, it's just so unfair when someone's like sleeping on your sidewalk and you're paying $3,000 a month, but why do you get to be there? Do you know what I mean? Not try, I don't want to sound like rude or anything, but like, it's just, it's just something that gets to me. So it's just, I never want to live any, anywhere beneath where I live right now. And I mean, and you'll pay for that and I'll pay for that. Well, that's kind of how I feel about home buying. Not that I have like luxury issues. It's just more of like, I don't want to just like David's like, who cares if whatever home you buy, it's not your forever home. And I'm like, I don't want to pay for something that's not permanent or that's not exactly how I want it to be when I have to live there every day. Mm -hmm. It's so important. Like the aesthetic of my apartment, like I keep everything really clean. Like I love where I live now. Like there's elevator access. Like it's, it's beautiful, you know? So, but I had to work really hard for that and I would never sacrifice that to just live in a very average home with untreated pine cabinets and white refrigerators and appliances and stuff and that sounds really crazy no, but it's not crazy I can bypass the my real budget by living in an apartment I have no listen <laughs> I have friends um and you 
know some of them, cash and actually, but in LA where it's like they want to buy just to buy and they're buying in like an area where it's like, dude, it's not even like being hot or gonna, it's not gonna get hot. It's not like, it's nowhere near anywhere good right now. Yeah. So it's like, what are you, just so that you're, you know what I mean? So I want to talk about that really quickly. That brings us into our next question. So the housing market in Vegas for the past, I would say like two years has skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. Like the cost of living is really high. Like you see it in all of these apartment buildings too. Like you used to be able to rent like a one bedroom for 800 bucks, 900 bucks is something that looks like where I'm living now, which is really nice. Now you're seeing like single bedroom apartments for like 700 square feet for like 1500 bucks a month Mm -hmm. plus, sometimes more. And it's really comparable to California pricing. And a lot of that has to do with the Raider Stadium getting built. There's a lot of people moving here. Like you can even see it in the traffic and it's really fluctuated the housing market. And do you see any differences in the market in California in a response to that? Because there's a lot of out of state buyers that purchase up a lot of our real estate right now. Right. I mean, even you and Gary have talked about possibly buying a home in Vegas. Right. No, we did. Um, I don't, I see it being a little bit better here, actually. Mm -hmm. It's just such a, it's a specific market, LA. It's just, you, you know, you live there if you want, if you want to live there and that's it. I really feel like LA is such a renter's market because of the transient nature of like people getting different jobs and like out there. And I feel like, think like it's interesting that cash in you're like, I want a forever home. And you're like, I want investment properties. And I think that both of you sitting together is such a good representation of why millennials don't own anything because we can't actually decide Mm -hmm. on what it is. Like, it's just so different. More importantly, everything's ugly. That's in my budget. <laughs> like I like I to be very blunt. Like if I wanted to buy a three hundred thousand dollar home, even with an FHA loan, I'm actually now in the only bracket of either a really run down home or condos, mm-hmm. and that is that would be my budget that I would work within. If I wanted to do like a four hundred thousand dollar budget, I'm looking at maybe an average home that hasn't been touched since everybody went to Tuscany in 2001. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And we've got like the brown nonsense, the travertine floors, and it's just like, I don't want to spend all the money that I don't have to make it a white and gray concept or to bring in textured woods. You know, like there's so many things that I want when I can just go into an apartment and do it. I have a question for you though. Um, so say you were, you said like the 300,000, say on the lower end, you do mm-hmm. find something 300,000, but it's not what you, it's a little rundown. Why is it that you don't see it as putting in a little money and making it exactly what you want? I think because I don't have the money. There you go. That, like that is why, like if I'm going to purchase a home and I'm not ashamed of my budget, like mm-hmm. I work really hard and I have a salary that I'm proud of, but you know, it only gets you so far as a single person. Mm-hmm. So if my finances were split, we would be in a different, like I would be having a custom home. It wouldn't be that big of a deal. But if I am going to spend that much money and really commit to Mm -hmm. 30 years of a payment, I'm not having untreated pine wood. I'd rather just rent. Like, and again, we're not trying to sacrifice on a lifestyle. Right. Oh my gosh, Marco, you know what I've just realized during this podcast? Hmm. Millennials do not consider property as an investment. They consider it as a living expense. And I think this is the first time in history where we're looking at stocks. We're not looking at stocks and bonds. We're not looking at property. Like millennials just don't care about the conceptual pretext of assets. 
So like the fact she's saying this to me is so weird because like my dad is like, who cares if you live in it? Like my aunt is coming to live in my home because I'm like, I don't want to pay rent for her. Like I want her to like pay my rent, you know? So I'm like, come live with me like for like fee free. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird, like Cash, to hear you say that because it's a perception where you're thinking like living in your home is not an asset for anything other than the appreciation and value of your home. Right. It's the homes that are run down with a white dishwasher that you rent to a single family that makes you $380 a month for 40 years that you would never live in that is considered an asset. So it's interesting to consider this because you're split. Millennials are considering assets versus living expense. And Kasha, when you look at buying a home, you're looking at living expense. And Marco, when you're looking at buying a home, you're like, my living expense is $3,000 a month in an apartment. I want something that's investable. Mm -hmm. So it's like a really weird split that I'm seeing sitting here because I have both. Like I have both, like that's the thing. It's like, I have an asset and then I have something that I throw in the trash because I want to participate in LA. So it's like, it's weird. I'm like learning you guys. Um, (laughs) It's not weird, but it also comes down to like, I am a single person. I don't have the luxury, like no offense, but both of your significant others Mm -hmm. really bankroll your life in a big way. Right, it's true. Not that you don't make your own money. No, 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 I'm just saying that the interesting part is that you view it very linearly with time because you're the only person that's right now having to like live single. And the interesting thing about making it to buying a $300,000 house as a single female is, is that like, if you ever got a divorce, you would never pay alimony, you would never pay like the house to anybody. Like if Dean left me tomorrow, I'd owe him half. So Mm -hmm. it's just the interesting thing about an asset is you would own that exclusively. That's your right and your asset solely. And you've worked for that. And it's like, I don't think the expectation I have for a single person living in a house is the same as somebody making 350 together, you know, like, and I, I have the availability to move up in a house and I still haven't done it because it's, actually find living in a house that is affordable. Like whatever happened to the concept in life, I think in LA, I see this a lot, living very well beyond your means. Like Cashin Daily represents, like I'm not gonna live beyond my means for the betterment of my social life or status. And all we see in LA is just people like buying million dollar homes that they can't afford. Right, I I have to say Cashin, I, I love that though. And that is, I think a lot more people should live that way. It's, it's yeah. actually scary because the people that do live that way in LA, it's, this is going to go so dark for a second and we'll, yeah. we'll go back to being light. But, um, my neighbor and friend is dating someone right now and their best friend was a realtor who I met a few times and he committed suicide because he lived beyond mm. his means. Yeah. See, and that's and crazy. It's so easy in that town to do it. Well, okay. We just talked about this last night where I was like, I don't feel compelled to buy Louboutin shoes just to have them, even if they're on sale for $300. It's literally a car payment and it's not to be cheap. It's, you can't cuss on this podcast. So Alex cut it out. (laughs) So there, (laughs) but it's not, and this is not to be so boxy, like, oh, I'm so much better than those people. But I have been in situations where money wasn't abundant and I was really scared. And like, you start to think differently of like, how am I going to accrue money? Totally. And you'd be surprised at what you'd be like kind of down for. And Mm -hmm. then you're like, okay, I'm just, I can't be in the spot of desperation and I can't have bills that I can't manage. And so it's not that I couldn't afford a $300,000 home with an FHA loan. I totally could. Mm -hmm. However, that also represents, like you said, time. So if I were to go into a home that I didn't necessarily love, I would still have to live there for a minute to recoup the cost to be able to go and rent and move into another place. Oh, and I'm sorry. 
please Marco tell this lady the unexpected cost at owning like everybody's yeah. like I'm gonna buy an FH loan for three dollars and eighty cents and then you know you have to buy toilet paper and fix your like sink once and you're broke oh, so yeah. oh, it's, yeah. it's just interesting because the full service lifestyle of Cashin's existence has been like if the light is broken or the shower doesn't work you call the man and it's fixed and I just want you to know <laughs> I spent ten thousand dollars in my adulthood on that service in life so you know it's it's interesting like Marco, what really is in owning a home? Like, tell the millennials that don't own this the facts of what it is to like. What do you? What happens when oh people buy gosh. these houses? It is an electrician. It is a plumber. It is an AV guy. It is a gardener. It is a pool guy. If you have a pool, it is so so many things that you just you just it's incredible well do you and, remember on kardashians when chloe and kim had to sat kylie down or they sat kylie down they were like you don't even know what goes into owning a home and i'm like if they're mm-hmm. having that conversation with kylie jenner i don't think i have any business no I, and not being able to not be able to call the man and have the light bulb well, let's, i mean fixed. let's face it that was that conversation was in one year out the other i know and Kylie's she goes side. lol i'm richer than you guys yeah. as i got my billion dollar cover of <laughs> <Yeah>. forbes <laughs> But yeah, no, it's crazy. And like the other things also that I just want to touch on really quick, like for instance, one of the houses that I got for one of my clients is gorgeous $3.2 million house. This was a while back that I'm actually selling right now. So anybody. (laughs) This is is a public service announcement. If you can't afford your cereal, come buy this $3 million house. Gorgeous, gorgeous, modern, new build. Sell it, baby. Sell it. Four beds, four and a half Um, Anyway, but they, you know, they bought it and there's a lot of these new builds going on in LA, which Taylor, I'm sure you saw. And it's so funny because the builders, they sell it and you don't realize they don't have window coverings. There's no shades at all. So yeah, of course you could go anywhere like and get like drapes, but you know, every drapes for a $3 million home. (gasps) Was that like $972,000? That's what Um, you guys, that's what I'm saying. I would get, I'd be the one who's like, okay, down to the penny. I can afford this $3 million home and have no money left over for the window coverings. Waking up and falling asleep with the natural light. Let me tell you. So my, (laughs) I kind of already do. So so it's fine. (laughs) But my clients had to put in shades and those shades were $150,000 because they had to my have whole the, home they, because they had to have like electric you know because it's a smart home so everything has to be done through the, their phones and so it's just it's has little to. things like has to it's little things like that that people don't really realize well it's I also no I also like want to say that Marco does delve in a very elite kind of clientele like he does yeah. work in Beverly Hills like his clients are usually cash, cash buyers which I have been with you on a couple open houses, mm-hmm. which are, have been so fun. We are literally have oh no God, business being to together. Yeah, we have no business being together. Are you going <laughs> to say what I think you're going to say? Because you, oh, I don't even care actually. Okay. It's honestly. Wait, so I'm. Um, <laughs> can I say? Talk, it? Yeah. Wait, no, wait, no, no, no. Okay, hold on. No. Okay, so we're going to talk about some of the homes that you sold uh-huh. that you can disclose because you've been able to sell a couple like homes that have been yeah. owned by celebrities, which yeah. are so cool. It's so cool. I've been in so many fancy. It's so from fancy. My job. You what? I've been in so many celebrity homes from my job that it's just it's just like cool. Like when you when it's like on the market and then like you see like oh so and so bought it and it's like like Martin Garrix or some DJ I don't even know and I was like oh I was in that master bedroom, um, <laughs> and then it's just like I, I'm a huge Oral Housewives fan, as I'm you know we all are, mm-hmm. and I was just in Dorit and PK's. <gasps> Oh my God. The other day. And so it's little things like that that just like bring me joy. What's your favorite celebrity house that you've sold? Um, 
the one that we worked on that was really honestly like really beautiful was John Legend and Chrissy Teigen's. The one that she's always Instagramming now. Yes. <gasps> yes. Beautiful, How did I not know about this? Beautiful home. You're gonna have to tell us exactly where this is. We will be stalking you, Chrissy <laughs> Teigen. Your egg game is strong. I'm literally gonna but, show up just so I can have like some of like your cuisine that you whip up all the time, and just to you know be with you when you're crafting your tweets. I love it. So but, we'll take your Instagram pictures for you. Yeah. So the literally. other one that I want to touch base on right now, which is active right now. Also, another sales pitch coming to you by Marcos. Marco. You know this is not an a, ad. And a shameless plug. So <laughs> it's Britney Spears' old house. The house. Where, oh my God, please tell me the one where she shaved her head. Please, yes, please. The infamous meltdown, <laughs> but also the famous comeback. Oh, so okay. I've been really, I've been in this house yeah. with you. Well, yes, I have been in this house Taylor, with you. Have you heard how much Cashin has been in this house? Oh my god, this is honestly the most embarrassing thing that will ever so, happen to me. Is it as much as I'm gonna be in this house? Wait, I'm ready. <laughs> Wait, I'm okay, ready. go. It's also a beautiful house, and can you say who lives in the neighborhood? Yeah, like who's yeah, next, who lives like, next door? Yeah, there's a there's a few people that live in that neighborhood. Um, Justin Bieber was actually just touring one of the houses that are for sale in that neighborhood, but. The next door neighbor is none other than Hilary Duff. Which is Marco's all-time fave. And I... She's gorgeous. She's literally stunning. I've seen her, like, I've I've been praying that, like, for some whatever reason, I have to, like, go next door and, like, ask, like, hey, could you keep it down? Or, like, I'm doing this or that, which I actually did one time, and of course it wasn't her. But it was some other blonde girl. But I've seen her pull... (laughs) We're always two ships passing the night. I've seen her when I'm leaving, like, my open houses and she's coming into the gate and it's just like the glow and the radiance that comes with that. I oh just my God, see what kind of windshield. car does she drive? G-Wagon. Oh my God, a G-Wagon, Ooh. of course. Um, unfortunately, she does not listen to this podcast. Um, so yet. Yeah. yet. But I did see her house too and every time she like does any ads in there, I'm like, oh my God, I saw that house. I, I was know. sitting out there with Gary, oh God, like being big right creeps. There. Yeah. But anyway. Okay, I want to be a creep. Tell me all about this house. Did Britney Spears shave her head in it? Like what happened? I have to know. All right, guys. So I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about our newest sponsor, Holy Dose. Skin, hair, nails, and health. These are all things we tend to take care of more and more each year. You deserve to have things like tight, glowing skin, shiny hair, strong nails, higher metabolism, and energy throughout any given day. These things can be achieved with one cup per day with Holy Dose. Holy Dose provides collagen-based powders that are completely results-driven. I mean, honestly, Cashin, just take a look at their website at holydose.com. Oh, I totally have. They're incredible. This collagen is pure and clinically proven to show you something that really works. The super blends also have biotin and horsetail herb, which apparently I didn't know was essential to hair, skin, and nail health. These three ingredients are actually proven to give you better results when combined together rather than taking them separately. If you want to give them a try, and I promise you do, they have a variety of flavors. Matcha, which is my personal favorite, cacao and a pomegranate flavored elixir, and unflavored for people who are looking for something simpler. And they're all dairy-free, soy-free, gluten-free, and contain no added sugar. Use our promo code for this introductory offer for 15% off your purchase. Be Mine Rosé Room. That's B-E-M-I-N-E-R-O-S-E-R-O-O-M. This valid offer is only good until the 17th of February, 2020. So make sure you hop on over to Holy Dose. That's W-H-O-L-Y-D-O-S-E.com. Thanks for listening to this advertisement and let's get back to the show. So I don't know whoever tuned into Brittany 
for the record, on the record, something like that, the MTV special, where it was like her comeback. A lot, a lot of that house is in that, and it, that was super cool. I remember, I, to this day, I remember watching it with one of my friends, and I was texting, and I was like, oh my God, do you remember? I'm in this house now. <laughs> but, um, so, and it's just so weird, like, being in, like, the master bedroom, it's like, oh, is this maybe where tears were shed, or, like, is this maybe where she was contemplating? You know what I mean? It's just little things like that. I got so excited being in the house because I was with Marco touring, and, like, I don't know if this happens to anybody, and I can't believe I'm sharing this, um, but I got so excited. I got so excited that I literally had to poop. Like, so I literally, I literally did that in her master bedroom. So oh, I honestly, I'm not a big fat one. No. It was just excited well, poo, and I had to go. And I just want to say that I am Toilet Sisters with Britney Spears. And not anybody, not, not a lot of people can say that they sat in her bathroom with the big sunroof and took a poo. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people can say that. You know who can say that is Britney Spears. Oh my God, Brittany that's right. So you know what, everybody, when you see me in the street, show me some respect. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the confidence to poop in celebrity toilets and so. talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> I I love you for it, though. I I really appreciate your honesty. You've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, we all have the fancy laugh. <laughs> Wait, it's it's because we've had nothing but champagne, and we're just like hey, it's kind of like good. it's like a slurred laugh. We're all, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. I don't know about you. Wait. Okay. Moving on, segueing into our next question because we always get so off topic. Cashin, what am I supposed to ask now? Okay, so do this. Oh, I like this question, Marco. Sometimes Cashin writes questions so that I can sound smart. So my super smart question is, what are some common misconceptions that people have about purchasing a home? Common misconceptions. I can list my conceptions of what I want because I'm currently in the market for a home. Mm-hmm. I'm secretly like trying to figure out where I'm not going to live like sardines with my parents. Mm-hmm. So um, we've been touring Vegas and I think like my misconception is that I'm going to get a home for a decent price. <laughs> 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 like no one ever told me that my taste really exceeded my means. Right, right, right. So that I mean, that's obviously one of them. But I do have to say it just it changes with the market like right now the market in LA I feel like it's a buyer's market so and a renter's it is also a renter's market because Mark Marco did a fabulous job helping me find out where we wanted to live and um, like what we wanted to do and we have roommates in LA so he found us an amazing home Um, I think the one thing even not the misconceptions is in LA right now the one thing that's really baffling me is these prefabricated homes so like Mm -hmm. in LA the houses are weird to me because the misconception is when I purchase a home as a millennial I'm thinking like oh it's new like there's not going to be a lot of product or a a lot of problems there's not going to be like Mm -hmm. a lot of work that I have to do but like for people buying homes in LA like are they putting tons of work into it is it prefabricated like are they as pretty as they look like I feel like I it's like a lot of miraging happen in LA right now lot of miraging happening there's you know it's really crazy where you see pictures that's why I tell every single one of my clients I'm like they'll send me this they're like this is the one this is the one I I know this I was like you just wait you have to go into the house in person and feel it out because I can't tell you how many homes I've been in from the photos where they looked like just absolutely stunning homes and then you get in and the floors are just like you need to rip them out and like reinstall start over at the windows just it's little things but like you get in and it feels like an old like decrepit home and it's i mean it's just it's like really wild with that but i mean have you done a flip yet 
have you done a properties brother flip yet or is that mm. like something you're a flip virgin no i'm a flip virgin but that is like goals that's that's what i'm like aiming to be you know what i mean what's like, hard I about do, it what's hard is it hard because it's like a lot of like do you have to have all the money to flip you a home? do okay you do i mean i mean i don't know about all the money but it's just you have to have a lot of money to start it and so that's kind of where i'm like trying to get to where i just want to be able to have that because my dream is to just flip all i want to do is flip yeah i get it me too i love it it's just like you can be so creative and you can just dump like all of that into it and it just brings me joy so that's i can see you as a property brother you and cash in like the property sisters that would be really fun okay it would be fun but like we really dicky doodah around a lot and then we no, also Gary would never let that happen and taylor would never let that happen taylor oh, yeah. would be in there be like both of you and my boyfriend would just be in the corner like so irritated he'd be like okay but what is going on you'd be sister rich he wouldn't be irritated i know <laughs> david, would pull, david would pull me aside as he said be the rock in my damn shoe oh and yeah David literally told me that he his goal in life is to be the rock in my shoe, but I love him so much that I don't care. So yeah. I think he tries to bother me, but I'm just so obsessed with him that I'm like, I don't care if you bother me because I like it. So <laughs> jokes on you. You learn yeah. from my episode, it goes away. Yeah. <laughs> still waiting. It's still, I still, still always just go back to Taylor. Have you seen that video of me and David talking about EPLP in LA? And oh he's just God. talking to me about stocks. And I, it's. <gasps> It's so funny. I have to show you this in real time. So if for those of you who don't know my boyfriend, because he will never come on this podcast because he's such like a private person and his excuse was that he likes to be out of the spotlight. So there's more room for me in the spotlight, which is true. There can only be one or there can really be three, obviously with us queens (laughs) here. But um, he is just when he is in, in his downtime, he likes to look at investments. He likes to look at the news, stocks, politics, etc. Um, He's such a, like a dad. It's he like is scary. such a damn Daniel dad. And then he literally will get drunk and then talk about stocks to people oh who didn't ask for that narrative. I did they didn't ask. ask to be a part of it. And Marco was accosted with this, was this opportunity. Accosted. Marco was David accosted with David's drunk stock talk. And then I captured it on Instagram. And it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen because my boyfriend is like very tall and he talks with his hands and he's like flailing his arms everywhere at EPLP. And Marco's all, just sitting there. Wait, my quietly. eyes are a half mass. I'm all. Your eyes were also like, yeah, they're like a little closed. <laughs> and you're, you couldn't be more uninterested. And he was so drunk, he couldn't even see that. And it was. <laughs> Fantastic. He never, sees it. he never sees it. He's just so sweet. Oh my God. I love him. And you know what? Thank God he doesn't listen to this podcast either. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never be on it and doesn't listen. So it's fine. <laughs> I'm excited um, because I also think it's super interesting that you have other interests than selling homes, correct? I have other what? Interests. Yeah. So what I is do. something that is an interest that you have? Drinking, no, charcuterie no. plate making. Yes, okay, I will tell you, he did make us our charcuterie plate that is to be like, say it again. Charcuterie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm from Texas, charcuterie. Uh, so you're very talented. You've worked in restaurants. You've done lots of different things like Cashin and I. So what's like a hidden talent? Like what's, tell us something hidden. I wanna know something non-realtor related. Oh gosh, Working is a little. Extensive. Not work. Yeah. It doesn't have to be work. It's true. It's it doesn't true. have to be work. Um. Oh come on! I put you on the spot for a you reason. Know what? We're deviating. This is, I, this is so random and weird. But hair. Oh my gosh! Is that crazy? No. Hair, no. I'm like I always do, and you can talk to Emily about it. She literally all I do is 
I, I it like brings me like zen and pe- like I love doing it. I just when she has like an event or something, I come over and we call it Barbie, and I just um do you don't hair. have to tell me because I just want the audience to know that our friend Emily was over at Marco in his boyfriend's house, and I had just driven. Um, four hours to come see him and then he goes hey do you want to curl Emily's hair and I was just like would love to you know like that's exactly what I want to do and you know just like wanted to relax wanted to like sit down unwind and then he's like but don't you want to curl her extensions don't you want to do that like I felt so bullied and I just like I'm I'm really happy that's your passion but like it really wasn't mine right you know no that's all I want to say that was I'm really sorry it was honestly slave labor. I was indentured servant. I came over. (laughs) Um, Okay, so you would have a secondary career in beauty. I would. There was a moment where I thought Or dictatorship. Yeah, well. There was a moment where I thought I was gonna get my, like, the go to hair school. You could have been Chris Appleton. What happened? I know. I just, I hate school so much. You're like, I could make 6% 6% on $30 million home. That's what happened. You did math. Yeah. Do you want to know what's actually so funny? What Gary does is when he... Who is when, Gary? Tell the oh, people. Oh, Gary's my boyfriend. Okay. My math. Just amazing. Amazing. What he's also... Know? Gary's also my boyfriend, too. Yeah, he's a tall drink of water. The Who nicest sells guy. Lots of oh, beautiful real oh, estate. Yeah. He sells... Wait, beautiful Wait, no. real estate? No, he sells gas stations. <laughs> he sells gas stations. That's the most beautiful real estate I've ever seen. They have such high returns. <laughs> Taylor Salt, that's what I said. Oil, heard of it? Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Um, Gorgeous. But he'll, we'll be talking about something and he, before you know it, he's all, just bought the domain. Oh, girl, that's me. That is Taylor. I'll be like talking. I literally was talking to her about this travel idea. And she's all, ping, 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 ping. She goes, so we own 836 domains and patents and trademarks. And I'm like, I don't know the difference between any of those. But oh okay. You're going to know the difference when someone comes at you. They're all, hey, I'll give you $80,000 for this domain. No, I know. Okay, we've talked about this too. Like there is a, a we're really off topic, by the way. No, I, I literally, you guys, I trademarked Cashin's name for her. Oh <laughs> my God. Gary did that to Emily, I think. Are you like kidding? Like at <laughs> Yeah. Wait, I'm Taylor. I love that. The gonna... fact that she... Okay, I love that I didn't trademark my own name, but you Taylor own it. trademarked... You own it. No. Put it in your name. <laughs> <laughs> also, I will never forget, like, my... I was, like, in elementary school, and I told my nanny, I was like, I want to change my name. It's ugly. I want to be Brittany or Tiffany. And my oh nana my looked at me, God. like... I, the fact she even took me serious, she was like, I really hope you don't because that would hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's fine. But now it's trademarkable because everyone's name is Brittany. Well, first of all, Cash and Kelly. I heard of it. I just said Cash. Only Cash. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Kelly's extra. I was like, it's like Cher. It's only one. <laughs> Okay, so we're really, you know, becoming yeah, cackling exactly. queens. I think that they enjoy us when we're a little off topic. So I hope so. Okay, Cashin, you have to ask the last question of today. And it doesn't even have to be on our list because I think like we did a lot of this. Oh, well, I do want you to talk a little bit about your brokerage because you actually didn't do that. So I do want mm-hmm. you to kind of tell people where they can find you if yeah. they are. Because actually we have the most city listener. Okay, why? Well, mm-hmm. I guess I didn't phrase that correctly. So we're in about 64 cities just in the U.S. And 21 of those cities are in California. 
So yeah, it's kind of crazy. So thank you to all of our California listeners. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have Marco on the podcast. I felt like it's very relevant to our listeners in California. So if you guys are interested in purchasing a home, getting more information on that, even renting, um, Marco, where can they find you? So you can find me on hiltonhighland.com. That's H-I-L-T-O-N-H-Y-L-A-N-D.com. You can find me on estatesofla.com. That's estates, plural. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Marco Lukic, M-A-R-K-O-L-U-K-I-C-H. He's got about 5,000 followers. Can't miss him. Oh, oh my God. You couldn't miss that. I just went down from six something. I'm a good fact checker. It's yeah. my job. Well, Journalism major. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I... I actually just genuinely love what I do. And Taylor, I hope that you kind of noticed oh when I- Oh my gosh, I am like first testament here. He literally helped me find my house in Reseda and it was so painless. Like, honestly, Marco, you went to go look at houses when I was not even physically present and was like, girl, we are not. Like, you, right, we are not right. doing this. He is amazing, you guys. I would also do anything for you because you're like family. But um, no, I, I actually really, really, really love what I do. It's, it's so fun for me. So if there's any questions, anything at all please don't hesitate to email me my email is marco m-a-r-k-o at estatesofla.com also before we hop off i do want you to talk about a little bit about the process of becoming a real estate agent because i think a lot of people see the glorified version of that on bravo oh, that's right all they see. that's all million they see. dollar listing listing which by the way i saw steve gold when i was in new york and i literally was freaking out it took everything yeah. in me uh, I mean, he's like, okay. Like the shaved head is like not really my thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he's with a very interesting looking group of people. That's what I'm going to say. I said what I said. Interesting as quotes with ugly around it. Wait, okay. doesn't David kind of look like him, but David has a better nose? Wait, yes. Um, everybody that I find attractive ultimately looks like the guy I ended up with. So if you are tall and white and have brown hair, like yeah. I probably think you're cute. So <laughs> thank you. And, you know, back to you, Marco. Okay. <laughs> Um, what was I just going to say? I just completely lost my train of thought. Okay, because we got so distracted. But anyways, I think that there is a misconception about becoming a realtor that people are thinking it's easy, that you're going to make a ton of money right away. No, I mean, listen, it could happen with who you... It's who you know, not who you blow, but maybe. Oh, Um, No, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Hilarious. But um, it's actually really... It's difficult. It's hard. I'm not a test taker. The test was one of the hardest things for me. I, you know, how many times did it take you to pass? Oh, we're gonna go there. You have I to. I think. told everybody I pooped in Brittany Spears' house. Oh my god! You can tell us how many times you failed that test. Alex, can you edit this out? No. I took. <laughs> I took it six times. Six. S-I-X. Dean McKenzie, if you're listening to this right now, do you hear me? Do you hear me? This is a PSA to my husband. No, my husband, my husband also really struggles with test taking. So the fact that you are like so passionate about a field and didn't pass immediately is a representation of one, how much you like the field. Yes. And two, how okay you are with rejection, which is actually amazing. Can I tell you? Well, I'm not so good at rejection. Let me tell you how I was. <laughs> Wait, no, let me just tell you. Sore loser. I would go, the source loser, I would go into my car and I would literally just hit this is so crazy. I would like just hit my face. I was Can so you just like off. make the smacking sounds? Just like, oh God. Like screaming, <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs in my car. And it was just like, I remember so much. For some reason, every single time I would lose or lose, I would fail. It was 
freaking Dan and Shay, the song Tequila. <gasps> oh my God. And it was Dan just and that Shay. and like me like slapping myself and then it was just. Um, I think it's also so funny because I know that your aversion to studying, just knowing you for so long, oh, like Marco do would do anything but study also yeah. for this test. And Gary would just sit there because Gary is precious, angel, patient baby. And he's like, I just don't know what to do to promote this inspiration in this environment. Like, I don't know what to do for him. And I'm like, <laughs> you just, he'll get there eventually. I think like repetition of failing, like you kind of know what the questions really are. what it was. I, on, Gary was so, oh, Gary He's so patient. Oh my God. Me. He just texted, oh my God. I can't wait to FaceTime him. And he also has to come on because Gary is a commercial real estate agent who actually specializes in gas station real estate, yeah. which was something He's I my, had. My future, my future is that cash. And please let me have a gas station. Please, 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 please. I don't, you don't get money from the gas. You get money from the candies. You know, you know I know, but you could be behind the counter. I'm telling everybody to go like, die. You're ready. I'm ready. That's going to be our show. <gasps> also, tell people how they want us to have a TV show. It's terrible. It's ter- Everybody, people want us to have a TV show. It's so bad. Marco, could you imagine us on television? Yeah. Yes. And I can't wait no. anymore. No. No. She we are. really came on here and said, I want to own a gas station. Don't you want to work behind the counter? Like, are you crazy? <laughs> That's the only way we're going to make it. <laughs> Can you imagine me dealing with riffraff at all hours of the night talking about paying for gas with like quarters? Yes. I can't count change. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how to do a math. Because people don't give it to us at DR. I know. I can't count change. I can't, it's really, I'm not judging people because I too would try to skate by with a penny, um, penny on five. But like, I can't count that much change. Like, I'm not trying to deal with people. No. So I don't know that I'd be best suited for that position. Okay, no. so on uh, basically, I'm going to Los Angeles, and I think we should have Gary on, and I should loop you in coming up pretty soon. That would be so fun. I want to say something really quickly. The whole like what we were just going off of million dollar listing. That's not what real estate is. What is really? It? Well, what is real estate? I mean, because it's, I know it's, it's hard, hard work. You got No, you know. I've seen you. I've seen you personally. Just and you've dragged me to listings too, where you're like, don't you want to put on some makeup because you look crazy? And <laughs> oh, you met Mauricio's dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you don't even want to just do a little brow or we're in um, nothing. Oh my god, you're so rude. Okay, we're no, literally where were Everyone we? Everyone thinks you're so beautiful without makeup. Also, nobody thinks that because only yes, five, all of five Actually, people no. have seen me with no makeup on, and you guys are the well, only I don't ones know how who many say of those that. I know, but they said that to me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that million dollar listing is not what being a realtor is actually like. So what is it actually like? I mean, not here's the thing: it it isn't and isn't like. Look, you can be that successful, and you can make that much money, and you can have that many listings, etc. But the thing is is that there's a lot of people and I have friends who are like, they look at me and they're like, oh, well, I, you know, I wanna, I, I wanna be a realtor. I just wanna, you know, I could do that part-time. And the second someone says, I can be a realtor part-time, it's just like. Oh my God, Volturi eyes. It's yeah. just like white knuckling this mic. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I just wanna freak out because it's it's hard work. It, it requires so much time. Like, it's not a part-time like bit. It's, and honestly, if you go to LA, like it's, Every, everything used to be like, oh, every, it's everyone's an actor. Like your dry cleaner's an actor, your waiter's an actor, this and that. It's not that anymore. It's everyone's a realtor. Your dry cleaner is your realtor. You're, it's just like, <laughs> and I'm trying to make it, you know, that's why I have all these shameless plugs because I'm competing with all these freaking people. Service who are industry. Time realtors. And it's like, 
No, scram. What do you think helps you with a competitive edge? Like, what do you think helps you? Obviously, working with Mia is a great Working with asset. Mia is a great asset. She is, she's so good in this industry. She just has so much passion and so much love and so much knowledge, not only about like the city and, you know, the areas and like the structures, but it really just about the industry and about real estate. And she's guided me so much and she continues to guide me and she's just been the best mentor and i think that that is a, a huge edge and another huge edge is honestly working at hilton and highland it's that we're the number one brokerage in la and we're great and the end we're the queen and you're the sorry people yeah. so if you were taylor's laughing at me if you were to be a novice realtor or if you're somebody thinking about that mm -hmm. what do you think the a number one quality that you have to have is because I think people again think that showing homes kind of sells itself mm -hmm. and they they don't see like hey I've had to drive like 30 miles today 60 miles today hey I had to do a lot of research into this home I really had to get to know the buyers what kind of aesthetic they'd be looking for I have to know different kinds of architecture like that's really mm -hmm. important too I have to know the history of these homes that I'm showing like there's a whole sales pitch for every single listing of course, you have to have drive and you have to have passion and you have to have ambition in this. And that's just, I, I just don't, I don't think you can do it at all with any of, without any of those things, you know? Yeah. It's like, you have to know what you're talking about and you have to be able to talk to your clients in a way where, you know, you're directing them in a way that benefits them. Mm -hmm. because yeah. you're there for them. And you're really highlighting on the fact that being a good realtor, not just a realtor, happens to be about client relationships. Of course, huge. Um, and it's actually why I really enjoy you. Uh, the first time I ever bought a home, I really connected with the lady who sold that to me as well, and I think it's why I chose my home. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the buying process, just from a consumer point of view, you know, uh, Cashin and I have gotten to purchase commercial real estate. I've personally, with my husband, been able to purchase, you know, private real estate. And both of the experiences mm -hmm. are very different. My experience They're from commercial real estate yeah. was terrible. Right. Um, my broker was, you know, hungry. It, it was it's wild. It's thing. There's nothing personal about it. It is. And I feel like when you buy a house for yourself, that person is so very dedicated to the experience you're going to be having in a mm -hmm. home. Like it is about money, but the person already knows that they're gonna you're gonna spend money with them. Like no one goes to a realtor without money, really, with a prequel like right. thing. So for me, it's like you got you being in you not being in commercial is a standout thing because it is slightly more like you have to know your clients. You have to like know what that person's like. You have to know what they're gonna like. You have to know what how they're gonna want the floor. Like what's the vision? Where would they want to live? And mm -hmm. it really isn't just about being a realtor at this point. It's about knowing your clients and being able to relate with them. Of course, on a level, having a personal relationship with your clients. It's a huge thing. Like and it's we, hard. It's so hard. But when we were going and like different pe people aren't going to like the same things that you do like we differ in in some aspects like you have amazing taste you know what I mean and I have amazing taste and sometimes they differ but I have to be able to put myself completely in basically your head and just know what you like because and then also know from my standpoint what's not going to work for you because if you like a house but then there's this one thing that I don't like like let's say um like an AC situation you say oh I can live with I can live without it it's it, no problem at all I'll just get fans this and that and it's like girl you don't understand <clears throat> you will you will be miserable you will hate your life living in this place and it's it's you just can't do it so that's i feel like a lot of 
you know, my job where I come in and I, I have to, you know, paint it out for my clients and let them know that this is this is what's going to work for you. And this is what's not going to work. So to touch on that, not that it's a negative thing, but I think that again, with a lot of these TV shows, they show real estate in a very positive light Mm -hmm. and a very easy light. But in the reality, there's a lot of deals that don't go through. There's a lot of people who waste your time. Like nobody talks about that. Exactly. So you just fell out of escrow. Literally, Mm -hmm. you've been talking about this today and talk to people about that because again, there is this inflated sense of being a realtor and really like it's hard work and there's a lot of more no's than there are. Mm -hmm. Yes. A lot of more no's. A lot of more no's. Oh my God. Wait. (laughs) No. So I, you know, we got into escrow and we, you know, did the whole negotiating thing. We, I got my clients up to a good number that worked for them and it was, you know, everything was great. The, the buyers were a little finicky about their first time home buyers and they were a little finicky about certain things and they had inspect. I mean, this is a new built house. This is this $3.2 million house that we were talking about earlier. And the builder was so great. I mean, it's only like a year and a half old. He came, fixed everything, like everything was perfect. And then it came off, it came down to signing off on their contingencies. And this buyer was such a piece of crap such a piece of work that she didn't want to sign off on her contingencies because she was worried about losing her deposit. And my, my, and I'm, I'm here to protect my clients. I'm here to work for my clients. And I am mortified at this. And you know, luckily my clients were sweet angels and they were like, I'm not they The money is not the thing. We just want the deal to go through. We want everyone to be happy, you know? And at the end of the day, the, she couldn't perform. She couldn't get her funds in from out of the country and oh, we fell out of escrow. We had to cancel. And I think that's the cut <clears throat> nature of, you know, purchasing yeah. homes and selling, you know, if you're listening to our podcast and you've never bought a home, like that's one very niche portion and a very small problem of your life because really what happens is, is when you've purchased your $3.2 million home and you're ready to sell it for your $5.7 million home or, mm-hmm. you know, your $100,000 house and you're ready, ready to sell it for your $250,000 house. Um, and the deal doesn't go through because as a seller, that's like a whole thing and you're representing the seller in this and you know, you're devastated for your clients. And I think that this is just a point to really say like, when you choose to buy something, whether it's a piece of stereo equipment, whether it's a house, whether it's a car, make sure that you really love the person that's selling it to you because you know, I, it warms my heart knowing that you feel bad for your client who didn't have a deal that went through to their expectation because you're still so conscious of that being their money. Of course. I always treat my client's money like it's my own money. Like I would hate that. The other thing that I kind of wanted to touch on was being like on the seller side, like, you know, there are things that you have to keep in mind. Like you, the seller will be paying the commissions and like it's closing costs and you know, little things like that that oh, come I into have a, a deal. question about yeah. commissions because I have heard people really talk about negotiating down their realtors with commissions mm-hmm. and I've always been very against it because if I was a realtor and I was even selling my friend a house, I would want my friend to think <coughs> that I'm worth the money. Of um, course. So it's interesting because I have been really against telling my friends and advising them to negotiate with their realtors who are friends to negotiate their prices down for their home mm-hmm. because it's not investing in the equity of my friends. So have you had an experience where like somebody has tried to really negotiate your rate? Yes. Okay. And it's annoying, right? Like you don't feel like you want to go to work as hard or like fight for them or continue to be their provider. Here's the thing. Um, I don't go down. Good. And that's it. Amazing. Point blank period. 
I we're not negotiating this. Listen, I don't I don't work for free. It'd be like me coming up. To, it'd be like us going to. Gary actually said this perfectly because we talked about this one time, and he said it'd be like us going to Mastros. I don't know if you Mastros is it's yes, just really delicious. Club. Yeah, it's this really delicious steakhouse, and or whatever it could be. But it's going there, sitting down, having your meal, and then being like, mm, I don't really think that we should tip you. Like talking to the waiter, I don't really think that we should tip you because uh, some of the service. I don't know. I just don't feel like I should. I'm shaking my head very hard right now because it's it's true. How dare it? Shame on you. Nobody works for free. Well, I think a lot of people work for free and that's a problem. And it's really a question about, not even a question, but it's really that predicament where it's like you get what you pay for. And I've never Mm -hmm. been an advocate for negotiating my friends down, even if I love them. I knew the lady that sold me my home. We knew the man that sold us the building. Mm-hmm. We've every purchase we've ever made as a team has always been because we actually sincerely adored the person. And I think that's my business advice is because Cashin hasn't purchased a home. You sell homes continually. Um, as a buyer, I just really recommend that you follow your gut. Yeah. If the realtor relationship feels great, if the seller relationship feels great, if your money that you've worked really hard for, you feel proud of, do it. And it doesn't matter if it's a rental. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, you leaving your mom's house for the first time. It doesn't matter if it's your seventh home. It doesn't matter if you're buying your first piece of commercial real estate. Just really focus on the fact that you've worked really hard for money and the relationships that you cultivate during these processes are super important to make sure that they're going to be long term. Totally. Very few people just buy one house. Totally. You know, long term, especially for our age category. So yeah. I'm really happy that you like came on and talked to us about this today. What would you tell just an average millennial today? Go get yourself fixed at Du Rose. Beauty oh Rosé. my God. And that <laughs> is all I have to say. And if you need real estate help, come to me. Yeah, but after you got your Botox. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us today on The Rosé Room. Please remember to subscribe, like, rate, review, tell us that we're amazing and beautiful and funny and smart. And make sure you go follow Marco on Instagram at Marco Lukic. He only has 5,000 followers, like help a brother out. Um, And then also make sure you find him at Hilton and Highland. He is your go-to real estate agent. um, If you are an all cash buyer, just kidding. Um, Everything, come on. Everything, if you are everything buyer, uh, just kidding. He's really an everything buyer. Uh, Thank you so much. We love you. And on Wednesdays, we drink pink.